The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. And a good afternoon to you. My name is Brenton Dreger, sitting in for Andrew and Jay Lynn again this week. They're off in Mexico, having a great time, staying warm. At least the weather's not too bad, so don't feel uh, super jealous like we sometimes do. But Andrew and Jay Lynn will be having fun with listeners down in Mexico this week, so you're, you're stuck with me. Uh, a little later on uh, today, we're going to talk to... Uh, a couple of financial uh, insolvency experts, a couple of bankruptcy trustees, and find out just what's going on there. Uh, some interesting, uh, well, there always seems to be stories coming out about Canadian household debt and how Canada is, you know, tops in the tops in the world or tops among developed countries. And Alberta seems to be uh, the best, the highest uh, in the country when it comes to household debt. So we're going to get uh, some expert advice uh, after 3 o'clock. And, of course, our regular weekly segment with The Hoot, Rob Roach from ATB Financial. In this hour, though, I've uh, been looking forward to this uh, conversation since I got uh, tapped to uh, take over just for the week for Andrew and Jay Lynn. And, and uh, I hope it's something that resonates with you as well. Uh, I've got a little bit of personal experience, I suppose, in this department recently. Just just bought a home, moved in, and we're doing some, uh, some energy upgrades. And so I, I've brought in a few experts in the field to... Uh, not just answer my questions, but your questions uh, as well. So, in studio with us, we have Robin Webb. She's a senior environmental project manager with the city's energy transition unit. Um, so, that's involving with the the EnerGuide program. Uh, we have Colin. And Colin, I forgot to ask you before we started, how to say your last name. <laughs> Never get asked this question. It's, <laughs> it's pronounced Gnip. Gnip. Okay, Colin Gnip is uh, with sales and estimating for Ideal Insulation. And Peter Amarongan is the senior partner and project manager at Habitat Studio. So, welcome to you all. Thank Hello. you for having us. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to this and drawing on your, your expertise in this area. I thought before we kind of get into the nitty-gritty, we could kind of go down the line and find out a bit about uh, who you are and uh, I guess what your role is, what your area of expertise is. So, uh, Peter, why don't we just, we'll start with you and head on down the row here. Okay, so I'm, uh, I'm a house builder um, Habitat Studio builds uh, custom-designed, very energy-efficient houses. And uh, about 10 years ago, we started building net-zero energy houses. So these are houses that produce all of the energy that that they use over the course of the year for everything, for lighting, appliances, um, heating, and, and hot water. And the way they do that is by using a tiny amount of energy. These are super energy efficient houses. It's the only way that you can actually get the 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 amount of energy you need over the year on on the roof with with photovoltaic electricity. So it's a it's a it really has driven us to uh, very high levels of energy efficiency. And and this is the kind of level of energy efficiency that's going to be needed for all of our houses by, say, 2040, 2050. Really? By, by 2040 or 2050, the entire developed world has to be pretty much carbon neutral or we're going to see catastrophic climate change. Like it's... And 
And there are people out there, scientists who are working on this, who are worried that they're being optimistic that we have that long. Huh. And All right. No, I'm gonna, I'll stop you there, Peter, okay. because before we get into too much doom and gloom, okay. we're going to meet the rest of our panelists here. <laughs> right. well, lots of time for well, that. that. <laughs> totally, totally. We've, we've got lots of time. Uh, Robin, why don't you tell us a bit about uh, who you are and what you do? Sure. So I work for the City of Edmonton as part of the Energy Transition Unit. My job is um, trying to get Edmontonians to undertake energy efficiency retrofits to their homes mm-hmm. or to install renewable energy on them. And so you might be wondering, you know, how much of emissions in Edmonton actually come from the residential housing stock? It's about 20% of the emissions. So 40% of our overall emissions come from buildings in general, and apartments and residential homes account for 20%. So that's why we at the city are quite concerned about this, and we're trying to take action on it. Now, even with all the cars on the road, 20% is still from the housing. Yep. Hmm. Yep. And from residential, I should say. Transportation's about 30% too. Oh, wow. Yep. Okay. Okay. And uh, Colin, tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. So I work for an uh, insulation roofing contractor. We service uh, Calgary Edmonton Markets, family owned, almost 40 years in the in the residential construction industry. So we service a lot of Alberta's new construction homes, uh, insulating the attics, the walls, uh, chemicals, chemically expanding spray foam has become a big part of the marketplace. And uh, we also have, service a lot of Alberta's renovation contractors, do-it-yourselfers, or people looking to have people uh, having insulation or roofing work done to their existing home which is kind of sounds a little bit like your experience okay so you've done you do the new builds and also the retrofit absolutely multi-family apartment buildings all the way down to single-family townhomes now robin you talked about how uh your program focuses on retrofit colin you've got experience with new and retrofit peter are you kind of the expert on the new build or what's your your i guess your experience with the retrofitting as well we do some retrofits uh i'm i'm actually the chair of the canadian home builders working group on net zero energy retrofits so we're uh, our habitat studio doesn't do that much but but uh, we, we've done some in the past I've helped with a couple of deep energy retrofits here in Edmonton that were uh, where people have reduced their overall heating load by in the 90% range Wow and and um, yeah so I, I do have some experience with with retrofits how do you get that kind of a like wh- how, how, what do you have to do to cut your energy use by 90 percent well we 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 call it a deep energy retrofit so in these two cases they ended up adding insulation to the outside of the, they they tore off the old siding and and they built up the roof over top of the old roof and replaced all the windows uh, they added insulation inside the basement and probably the most important and the most the, the biggest chunk of it because most existing houses something in the neighborhood of 40% of the heat loss is just air leakage hmm. and so they they made these houses very airtight they were like three times as airtight as a typical new house and these are not these are not fanatical projects they're they're this is this is happening this is coming hmm. Um, Now, I have questions kind of in clusters. I want to get to each of you, uh, kind of on your individual area of expertise. Robin, I thought maybe we could start with... uh the money, the rebates. Sure, uh, the, sure. I mean, let's let's start. I'm happy to talk let's, about the money. Let's start with the incentive <laughs> program, and that's uh, the Energide program. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe tell us a bit about how how that works, what it is. Sure. Um, so the city of Edmonton, we have a program. It's called Spot the Difference Energide for Homes. So Energide is a program that was started by the federal government 
well over 20 years ago that actually gives um, an energy use rating for homes. So we at the city have a, adopted that label and we're giving a $400 incentive for people to get a home energy evaluation. The, the market price of the evaluation seems to, um, it's a range from about four to $700. But there's a, a little bit of a twist with our incentive. Um, not only do we want Edmontonians to have someone to come to their house and to make this roadmap for them, but we also want people to share the score or their Energuide label on a map. So right now, if you go to ace.edmonton.ca slash Energuide, you can actually see there are about uh, 220 homes that have been mapped thus far, and they all have um, a little code along with them that shows how energy efficient they are. So if we look at some of Peter's homes, for instance, that are on the map, hmm. they're in that really deep green category. Yeah. <laughs> so not only... Um, do we want people to get that evaluation and to get a renovation roadmap that actually comes as part of that uh, journey of getting your Energuide label? Hmm. But we also want people to start asking about things like this when they're in the process of buying a home. Too. Right. Like I, I looked at that map a little bit earlier today, mm -hmm. and uh, the homes in my neighborhood were a little yellow. So, I mean, we're, our homes are built in the mid-70s, so there's yep. only so much you can do, I guess, unless you want to go, go, go deep. Uh, but but then you get so the inner guide label that you see you know plastered on a fridge or a stove yep. or whatever at the appliance store you get the same kind of thing for your house. Yep, very similar. Um, it's rated in gigajoules, and so it'll give you the rating for your house, how it performs, and how a typical house that was built today of a similar size would range. It has all sorts of information about um, where you actually use the energy in your house. Like, is it for home heating? Is it for appliances? So it gives you a whole bunch of insights. But again, like I said, the label is only one component of Energuide. You actually get that renovation roadmap that comes along with it that tells people what the best renovations they should be engaging in first for their particular home are. Okay. So they're based on someone coming to your house and doing a bunch of diagnostic testing, like a blower door test, which is a depressurization test that helps show some of that air leakage that Peter was talking about earlier. So they can actually walk through your house with you and show you, you know, how much leakage is happening around windows and doors. If you all the insulation in your older house has settled into the bottom, you'll be able to see that with the mm -hmm. infrared thermometer. Okay, so you can look at that and say, well, you've got R30 in your attic, so it's not great, but maybe you need to replace your doors first because they're leaking like a mm -hmm. sieve. Yep. However, <laughs> maybe they'll say it in nicer language. <laughs> Calling it like this, insulation is always seems to be at the very top of what needs to be done. He's so. nodding his head and he doesn't look surprised. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, do you just look at uh, energy use or also power consumption when you're putting together that label for a house? Um, so, Energuide is based on what they call standard operating conditions. So, they're just going to use a Canadian average of, you know, 2.5 residents. Here's what an average power bill would be. So, it's not actually about the your energy consumption, but it's about how your house actually performs. So, again, it's um, you could have two houses, one has five people in it, one has two people in it, you're still going to be able to compare that Energuide label from home to home. Okay. Now, uh, from looking on your website earlier today, it looked like you do, well, so you mentioned you get the kind of the to-do list, okay? So you want to up your your Energuide rating, you want to make your house more energy efficient. Here are the, you know, the top three things you should do. Mm -hmm. Now, it looks like you can get a before and an after audit. You can, yes. Um, 
So after you do renovations, you can engage that same auditor that came in the beginning to come back to your house and they will do that blower door test again and give you what your new updated rating would be. Hmm. And then um, if you send that to us as the city, we'll put your new rating on the map too. So if you were about to sell your house and you wanted to make sure mm. that you got that newer, better rating up there, we'll, uh, we'll upload that for you. Unfortunately, we don't have an incentive for that after um, visit, though it's just for the upload. Okay, and so usually four to seven hundred bucks is what you'd pay somebody to yep. come, and you get four hundred bucks back if you post it on the map. Yes. Okay, it's 217. Uh, Peter and Colin have been waiting very patiently. We've got a lot to get to. If You, you can also text in your questions to 630-630. want to just give you an overview of uh, each of their area of expertise, and then we'll get to some of your questions as well. So lots of time, 630-630. If you've got questions, we'll take a quick break and be back with our energy efficiency panel in a moment on 630-CHED. It's 2.20 on the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. Brenton Dreger in with our energy efficiency panel. Robin Webb, Colin Gnip, and Peter Amarangan. And uh, we're walking our way through what to do with your home to make it more energy efficient. Just had a good rundown from Robin on how the city's EnerGuide uh, program works with. Um, Colin, maybe we can go to you next since we're, we're uh, talking about how to, how to save money. Uh, you're the insulation guy. Your company is uh, Ideal Insulation. You deal with Calgary and Edmonton, so you kind of got a province-wide snapshot there. Um, I guess when you walk into a home and you take a look at what people have in their attics or their walls or whatever, uh, where do you usually see the greatest need? Hmm. Yeah, well, um, insulation standards have really evolved over the years. And, and as Peter and, and Robin can speak to, you know, what was important 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago is has evolved to where we are today. And so certainly the, the lowest hanging fruit for us is always in the attic. Attics are out mm. of sight, out of mind. Most homeowners, I, I myself, before I came to work at Ideal, had never looked in my own attic. And so usually when we're going in to take a peek, we're one of the first people in years or even decades it's hmm. to see what's going on there. If the house is older than 20 or 30 years, there's probably a lot less insulation up there than we would have by today's standards, certainly from a new construction build. So we're taking a look at the current insulation, what types of insulation up there, how much of it, how evenly spread is it? Is it uh, packed into the perimeter effectively to try to get a good insulation over the wall plate? Uh, Peter and I were also talking earlier about air sealing. So, um, you know, heat rises and all sorts of penetrations in your ceiling. We're looking for any sort of weak spots, especially over bathrooms or kitchens or laundry rooms where we can get heat and moisture will escape into that attic. And a big part of it as well is evaluating your ventilation. So a company like ours, ours, where we have a roofing department and an insulation department, we really understand the yin and the yang of the roof because mm. they work together. And if you, you can't just simply put insulation in an attic and uh, if it's not venting properly. Air has to get in, hot air has to exhaust out. And so we really try to look at all those aspects to make sure you have a healthy space so that when we do our actions, close the hatch, then you can rest assured that with some little bit of monitoring, you really shouldn't have any issues going forward. Now, I think I, d I just got my attic done actually with this house that we purchased and I think they were recommending to get to at least R50. Um, curious, what? Well, I guess what's in a new house these days and what do you usually encounter when you first look into that attic that hasn't been seen in 25 years? Sure, and and you know I would say to you know, the, the Alberta Building Code went through uh, a, a step forward that was effective November 2016 which started to move the standard with some of their, their, uh, their rules. There's not specifically a rule that says you have to have a specific R value in the attic because it's it's evaluated as a as a, an entire package for the home. So you might uh, when you get into the math, et cetera, et cetera. So probably the standard as a minimum for the house would be R40. Mm -hmm. 
I would say a lot of people are building to R50. And then Peter could probably tell you that when you're getting all the way to net zero, they might even be going further than that. Hmm. How far, Peter? Well, typically R80. Oh, wow. Yeah, but you know the attic is the easiest thing to insulate. It's it's and and the reason we go so far in the attic is because that's the um, that is part of the low hanging fruit when you're building a new house. You just make the heels a little higher on the trusses and blow more in. It's it's really it's easier than making the walls thicker uh, hmm. and and uh, cheaper than you know more insulation under the basement slab that kind of thing. So the low hanging fruit is re- really in the attic, even with new houses. Someone just texted here to 6.30, 6.30, and, and Colin, you were just t- touching on this a little bit, but, but they're saying, what's the code minimum for attic insulation? Just had a new house built, and it shows R14. Is that right? That seems really low for a new house, no? That's not right. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 uh, uh, you wouldn't even do it, your walls R14 anymore. No, no, that, that would not meet the code anywhere except under the basement floor. Hmm. Okay. Um, Here's a question that I'm sure you get asked all the time, Colin, is, okay, let's, so I'm going to upgrade my insulation from R20 to R50. How long is it going to pay for, how long will it take before it pays for itself? Well, and, you know, that's really a subjective question Mm. to the individual and the homeowner. Robin, you were speaking about how, you know, a a family of five that does laundry and cooks and and showers laundry every day, they're going to have a completely different energy footprint than a single person that likes to eat out and do the dry cleaning. Mm. So it is individual. Um, I know that uh, Energy Efficiency Alberta, which, you know, the program that uh, we're we're participating in right now, they do have some math that uh, when we upload the footage of your attic uh, we do assess the current insulation you're asking about what kinds of insulation you could have bad insulation uh, rock wall paperback bats fiberglass all sorts of different things we kind of assess the different R values add them together to kind of give you an aggregate number and then how far we're going to take it up to so normally when we're upgrading an attic we'll bring it to R50 completion or maybe R60 so that difference coupled with your square footage plugged into their calculator with their metrics will give you an energy savings and hence equate to your rebate. I know I was trying to use some of those online calculators even with my home and I just just it was it was a bit complicated to try and get a straight answer. <laughs> well, and truthfully like to, yeah. to say how much energy you're going to save, well it, it's very it's very difficult to because I'm not looking at your bills and right. I'm not looking, you know, maybe you like to have the heat furnace cranked, maybe mm. you like it colder and wear a sweater, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But what we what we try to talk about in our company is we're looking at where what we know from experience with 40 years in the market and in decades and decades in our office of doing these types of things is where can we where are we really making an impact if you had only five inches of insulation and you had an r10 or 15 and we're bringing you up to an r50 well we're talking three or four times of the insulation power that you had before Mm -hmm. so it's going to cut down on heat transfer from the attic back to the living spaces it's going to help maintain some of that heat in the living spaces that escape into the attic it's going to make a difference um the rebate program it's been in effect for what almost a year now uh may uh, may 1st of 2017 okay so yeah we're whatever nine months in or something like that eight or nine months uh has that program been good for business like is that people are now a lot more into their signing up and getting quotes and absolutely yeah we you know, over the last couple of years through the recession, uh, there was a, a definitely a suppression on people that had the ability to spend money or wanted to spend money on, on things like this where, where uh, budgets were tighter. And But uh, programs like this really draw attention 
to our scope. We're not in. I was looking at the magazines in your uh, in your foyer. We're not <laughs> in. We're not in magazines of you know dream kitchens. We're not uh. the type of thing that uh, people spend <laughs> a lot of time shopping for. We're not in glamorous showrooms. Those types of things, but they can really make a difference. The home home rental show coming up this weekend. There you go. Uh, I will be at the oh, home rental show is. all weekend <laughs> talking about Enter Guide. Yeah. If you want to come visit me. <laughs> Excellent. Um, okay, we got a minute here before the break, Colin. I wanted to ask you this because you were talking about. Uh, if the rebate's been good for business. When I got my quote, and I mean, so I, I guess I work in news talk radio, so maybe I'm just paid to be skeptical. But I kind of wondered, I'm like, okay, so this, this rebate program's been in effect since May. More people are interested in it. I wonder if now that contractors can go to homeowners and say, I think you'll probably get an $800 rebate. I think you'll get a $1,000 rebate. Does that then give the industry... Uh, I'll, I'll say, does that give your competitors a chance to raise their prices uh, because people are, well, I'm getting money back, so what's the difference? Well, well, at the end of the day, the, the market dictates the price. I guess demand goes up, yeah. Right. We're, we're talking about homogenous products that are installed with rather conventional means. So although we're, we pride ourselves on our expertise and our, and our track record and, and, and the volume that we put in as our credibility, we can't go charge two or three, four times what other people are charging out there because it's quite easy to get competitive quotes mm. and the market's just not going to hire us. I, I can say that these programs do help because it, we saw when the program went live May 1st, it seemed like Albertans were, were really interested in, in making these types of investments and a little bit of money whether it's a couple hundred dollars or all the way up to you know eight eight hundred thousand dollars, it was enough to really incentivize them to say, okay, hey, that motivates me to say I'm going to make the call, I'm going to close the deal, and where we saw from 2016 and 2017, some you know a little bit of a squeezing or a, a lower closing rates, this definitely gave us a boost. So hmm. we really uh, were were thankful and to be participating and have programs that draw attention to our scope of work where we're helping Albertans have a more efficient home. Okay, it's 2.29. We need to take a break for the news. We're chatting with uh, Colin Gnip from Ideal Insulation, Peter Amarongan from Habitat Studio, and Robin Webb from the city's EnerGuide program here on 6.30 Chet. With Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 6.30 Chet, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. 235 on the 630 Chet Afternoon News. Brenton Dreger with you, uh, filling in for Andrew and Jalen on our energy efficiency panel this afternoon. Robin, Wel- Robin Webb from the city's EnerGuide program, Colin Gnip with uh, Ideal Insulation, and Peter Amarongan from Habitat Studio here in uh, Edmonton. Peter, wanted to give you a chance here as well to tell us a bit about uh, your area of expertise. And you mentioned off the top that you work for your work for Habitat Studio. What is it, 40 years, you said, uh, in well, the business? I, I, yeah, I've been in building for my, my whole life. It's getting close to 50 now. But uh, um, we, we're, uh, we specialize. I actually just wanted, you know, since we're talking about retrofits, I, mm-hmm. I want to go back to something that Robin was saying about getting an energy guide evaluation before you... Uh, before you embark on fixing up your house, there's a, there's a there's a bit of a danger in having like with with the incentives out there. There are lots of contractors out there who all want to sell you their product, hmm. and and they're some of them are really good at at doing that. And when you start with an Energuide rating or an Energuide evaluation, you get a checklist uh, that that uh, looks at where. You can get the best bang for your buck. What's most effective? 
And the other thing that I really like about it, just looking down the road and going back to the fact that we, we're going to someday, and it's not that far off, 25, 30 years, have to go back and fix all of these houses and make them carbon neutral. So basically net zero energy. And by half doing something, you can make it harder to do that eventual retrofit. For example, if you add an inch and a half of insulation to the outside under new siding, and really you should be adding like four inches, which it doesn't cost much more, the only difference in cost is the insulation, then to go the other two and a half inches, you're gonna have to rip that perfectly good siding off and start over again. Hmm. And and so it makes way more sense to build a roadmap off the inner guide rating, off the inner guide evaluation, and say, okay, I know I'm fixing this house to be net zero in, in the next sometime in the next 25 years. So let's make sure that whatever I do is going to contribute to that and not be something that needs to be redone. Hmm. Now you work a lot with newer builds, but you also have expertise in the retrofit area. Uh, and you, you're, you're talking net zero homes, passive houses. Um, what, what is the market like for that in Edmonton right now? We're busy as all get out. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I think people are starting to realize, why should I build a building that I'm going to have to fix? Like, let's just do it once. And, and uh, you know, along the way, and we're, we're becoming, you know, the longer I'm in the business, the more I'm realizing, you know, nothing's perfect. Little glitches happen. Um, you want your house to be resilient, too. You want to, so we're doing things like rain screens that make it so that if you get a little leak, it goes harmlessly to the bottom, that kind of stuff. We're really looking at long-run durability because we know these houses are, no, you know, nobody wants to go and fix them later. And and they should be able to, you know, your house is solid. It should be, it should be something that lasts indefinitely. Um, you said off the top in, the, in our very introductory statements that by 2040, you think that we're going to have to be carbon neutral. Every house is going to have to be carbon neutral by 2040, basically in order to kind of save the planet, I guess to put it that way. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's to save, it's to keep the planet relatively habitable for for our children. I mean, already, you know, just look at last summer and the chaos that went on in the Caribbean and the southern U.S. and California, the fires, all that kind of stuff is just a taste of where we're headed. And, and if you think the world is ungovernable today, reading the newspaper, huh. just think what happens when, when the bread baskets of China and India and Pakistan and Oklahoma start to dry up. And so we really have a short time to fix this. And, and, uh, uh, so I, I, and, and, and because this task is so huge, we can't afford to be doing stuff that we have to do twice. Like, now, I want to get a sense from you to, to build a home with that kind of energy efficiency that you're dealing with here, uh, what does that add to the cost of your home right now? And can you make a, a business case to say, it, yeah, it's, it's worth putting in the extra money now? Absolutely. Yeah? Yeah, there's just no doubt about it. We're talking like 5 to 10%. And, you know, and, and we're not the only ones doing this. There are other, like Landmark is offering net zero energy houses at a very small premium. Really? Like, yeah. And that's and that's a builder like that's, that's a yeah, name that's you a, recognize. Yeah, that's exactly. one of Edmonton's totally. largest home builders. So they have a net zero product on the market right now that you can go and look at a show home right they, now. They today. built a four hundred thousand dollar net zero energy house. Really? Yeah. I mean, we're we're are, we're not in that market. We're custom mm-hmm. houses. We we built houses for people who 
who want to have it just so, who come to us with a, with a dream of a house that we designed from scratch and um, for their site and, and really tailored to their lifestyle, their dreams and wishes and their budget. And um, so it's a completely different market and it's actually easier for us to sell that upgrade because the, the you know the, t- the 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 total price is higher and it looks even smaller. Hmm. It's 2:40. We need to fit in a quick break here. Uh, when we come back, I want to get each of you to kind of weigh in on on when you walk into a house, what you see as the biggest energy wasters. And uh, if you want to text us your question, you still can to 6:30, 6:30. Uh, the energy efficiency experts here on 6:30, Chad. Forty-three on the uh, six thirty Chet afternoon news with our energy efficiency panel: Robin Webb from the city, Colin Gnip from Ideal Insulation, and Peter Amarongen from Habitat Studio. Um, Want to get each of you just to weigh in real quickly. I, when you walk into a house, I think some people are going to be wondering this: like, what is what's the biggest energy sucker or energy waster in my house? And obviously, it's going to vary depending on what kind of a home you live in. But when you walk in, what would you say you usually diagnose as one of the the biggest wasters. Colin, let's start with you. You're the insulation guy. Yeah, by far the easiest one is the attic, mm. just because it's if it, as long as there's room for a worker to work up there, we can do something. Uh, a lot of people ask about uh, closed exterior walls or garage common ceilings, closed in spaces where there it's a lot more difficult because uh, people usually don't want to invest the time and the energy and the hassle to pull down your drywall, open everything up, create mm. a big mess, the cost to put it back together. But going into an attic, we can assess it, assess it quickly, quote you easily, and then a crew can be in and out in two or three hours akin to having your carpets cleaned. So this is something that for a thousand, couple thousand dollars, maybe your own experience, that you can have this work done. And if you had a really poorly or uh, quite an insufficient amount of insulation and we bring you up to R50 or R60 or I'll maybe get some tips from Peter how to sell an R80 and then we can (laughs) make that big impact for you and then we're gone. Hmm. Robin? Agree with the comment about insulation, but also air leakage is another huge one. And that, you know, you see around things like windows and doors and all the different penetrations in homes. And, you know, things like the weather stripping on your door over time degrade. And a lot of people don't know that they actually have to replace the seal around that. So in that uh, blower door test as part of the Energuide evaluation, um, it actually shows you where that air leakage is happening. And in the in the past, remember the when an energy evaluator came to my home, he was like, they add up all your air leakage and they give you an area for it. I had accumulated air leakage of about a basketball in my house. So, you know, it's all the little leaks all over the place. But when you think about that much air going outside, that's an issue too. You're heating all that up and it's going straight outside. Hmm. That's actually not bad, Robin. Yeah, <laughs> that, that uh, for a, for a house that old. True. Yeah. That the the we we I mean we tried to get it down to like the size of an open opening of a coffee cup, but but that's a different story uh, on on a new house. But I I it's like the biggest leaker is going to be or the biggest energy consumer is is air tightness for sure. But it's not something you actually see when you walk into a house. It it uh, as Robin says, you need the blower door test, and usually the the solution to it is not individual. It's as Colin says, it's 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 hard to fix. It's hard. It's a bunch of little cracks here and there, and 
really the the best fix for it is part of a more comprehensive uh, energy upgrade where you're replacing windows and siding and uh, and get it and and while you've got the siding off to make it airtight you better add some insulation and now we're talking about serious energy retrofitting now i think a lot of people maybe like me have kind of you know held their hand up against the side of a door or window or something like that and felt that little bit of air escaping through obviously you can get the energy audit through the energyguide program that sort of thing um, what if you just want to do it yourself? Is that something that you can measure yourself? How would you go about doing that if you want to DIY it? It's pretty hard to, to DIY an, an air tightness uh, test. Um, you, you can, you know, if you wait till the wind blows, you can feel those kinds of things. And if you could take something like a, a smoke pencil or a piece of incense or something that'll make a consistent little plume of smoke, mm. the, the blower door pressure is about the equivalent of a 30 kilometer an hour wind, but it's uniform throughout the house. But you could actually sort of wait till the wind is blowing at about 30 kilometers and you could do that side of the house mm -hmm. or even the other side of the house because you'd see it leaving as well. So, but that's a, that's not as as good a way to go about it as to just do the inner guide audit. And there's a, and there's, the city is offering, offering a rebate on that inner guide audit as well so it's not going to cost you that much they as robin said earlier the price is like four to seven hundred bucks and you can get four hundred bucks of that back so really rather than fooling around and guessing it'd be way better to know hmm. and be there when they do it so that while they've got the blower door running you can run around and see what see where it's going but again it's hard to hard to fix you know th that might be part of a bigger um overall uh, uh, retrofit uh, you can find the the big holes in the attic though with doing that they're they're going to be accessible okay um, we at the city created a kit that is in the library that has um, some tests to help you out with this like there's an infrared thermometer in there but again the the real goal of creating that kit was to get people to get one of these official home evaluations in the end. It was to sort of give them some insight. Yep, if you're seeing very different colors on this infrared thermometer around your doors and windows and you're seeing, you can actually see the air leakage with it, then it's time to actually get someone into your house to give you some advice on what you should do. So again, it was just supposed to be that really clear indication. Those kits have been very, very popular though, and I think there's like oh. 200 oh, wow. holds on them at the library. So. <laughs> Sorry, you're going to have to wait a little while. <laughs> <laughs> uh, question here about windows uh, from Teresa, who says, is it code to have triple pane argon gas windows in a new build? I guess so. I guess the question is about what is code and maybe, you know, what should you have in your home? Let me let me add that one. Okay. I, <laughs> <laughs> He's got a glim, gleam in his eye. Right. So you should have the the best windows that that you can get is not that much more expensive for better windows and the uh, some neighbors of mine have a, are, are a good example about 15 years ago they replaced their windows with double glazed um low argon windows and now they want to improve their place and 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 they're look they're they're in this dilemma where they're wondering whether you know do we throw away these windows that have got 
you know, maybe 10, 15 years of life left just to upgrade them, it would have been so much cheaper for us to spend a few more thousand dollars when we did it. And, and um, so I, I, would, I would say for sure, put in the best windows you can afford. Uh, and I'm, uh, you know, I should know this, but I don't. I don't know what the minimum code is because we haven't been anywhere near the minimum code for a number of years. So I, I really haven't oh, paid that right. much attention. Yeah. But I, I think it's, uh, you might still be able to put in double glazed windows. I think it depends on what you do in other parts of the envelope. Robin's nodding her head, yes. Yeah, Colin had mentioned this earlier. You, all of the, each of these homes now have a little energy model that's part of building each home design. And like Peter said, there are all of these trade-offs. You could put in a more efficient furnace, you could put in higher levels of insulation in the windows and walls, and maybe that would buy you not having to put in the triple glazed windows. But again, a good builder is going to try to do all of these things and are going to try to be over and above the code. With the EnterGuide program, we're able to sort of see what the code is. And there are so many builders in Edmonton who are able to actually build their homes to a standard above the code. That's what you should be asking your builder. Hmm. Uh, are they just interested in meeting the minimum or going above that? Yeah, I, I think we should keep in mind that the building code is really the crappiest house that you're legally allowed to build. <laughs> it, it's not, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, sticker. that's a lot better than the crappiest house you were legally allowed to build, you know, 10 years ago. But but um, it, it's worth, um, the, the code is a minimum standard. All right, it's 2.52. We've got to fit in one more break here uh, before we finish out our conversation with the Energy Efficiency Panel here on 6.30 Ched. We're wrapping up with our energy efficiency panel. Robin Webb from the city, Colin Gnip from Ideal Insulation, and Peter Amarongan with Habitat Studio uh, in Edmonton. We've got a text here to 630-630. I live in Parkland County. Am I able to get the EnerGuide review? Unfortunately not. It's just available to homeowners within the city of Edmonton. It's paid through our property taxes here. However, all of the Energy Efficiency Alberta programs are available to anyone who lives anywhere in the province. And also, if you still want to get the evaluation done, the companies that work in Edmonton will go outside of the city to hmm. do it. But Colin could talk a little bit more about how the pro other programs work. Yeah, so the Energy Efficiency Alberta program that we, we've touched on a little bit here, you know, started May 1st. And, and it is a provincial-wide. It's... it's uh, unlike previous programs were, which were led by a third-party auditor, these are, are contractor-driven. So we, we're uh, vetted and, you know, partnered, as it were, with, with the program administrators. And it's upon us to work with homeowners to uh, do everything on the front end, the assessment, the quotation. And then, obviously, if you hire us, we do the work. We do all the prep work as far as the, the, uh, the paperwork, the photos, any documentation that the, that the government, uh, Energy Efficiency Alberta, requires so that the impact or the requirement on the homeowner is quite minimal uh, other than signing a rebate waiver and uh, approving what uh, you know what we set out from the beginning so that's a big part of our role in it and it's it seems to be working pretty good now one thing that uh, i'm sure you guys hear this 
reservation all the time. We've been getting the feedback live throughout the show on our text line about this as well. It's always people balking at the cost of these energy efficiency upgrades. It feels like, you know, putting in that putting that money down right away for a long-term investment is always a, a tough pill to swallow. Um, we've talked a bit about how long it takes to repay an investment, and it varies from house to house. But what about, you know, putting in that insulation, adding those windows, um, sealing those leaky doors, that sort of thing? Can you get that money back when you sell your house? How hard is that? Well, it's going to get a lot easier because um, the uh, energy labeling of houses is going to be mandatory. It's already mandatory in Ontario, and it's coming across the country within a few years. And so that means that before you can sell your house, you have to call and get an inner guide evaluation, and that will go on your listing sheet. So if somebody's looking to buy a house, um, say two fairly similar looking houses on a street, and they see that yours has a higher rating than the one next door, um, they're going to be able to l translate that into lower utility costs, they're going to pay less carbon tax, um, and which is going to escalate it it will pay off for that for sure if it's been done properly and and uh, so i i don't think there's much doubt that this will pay off i think the other thing that people should really keep in mind when thinking about energy efficiency is it's the only type of renovation that has a payback hmm. when you do uh renovations to your kitchen or your bathroom those have no paybacks at all granite countertops have no payback so these are actually the sort of things that you can do to your home that have operational paybacks as well as a payback on the overall value of your home too. So there's sort of two different payback structures. And we've talked with a lot of real estate evaluators and they're working really hard to try to figure out how to actually put a value to a lot of these energy efficiency upgrades in the valuation of a home. Uh, now we got 10 seconds left, Colin, but what do you usually tell, usually you tell your customers about getting the money out? Sure, if you have a poorly insulated house, it's not going to be a comfortable house. Your, mm. your furnace is going to run constantly. Your, if you're air, paying for air conditioning, you're going to run that constantly. Just come summers like we had, that there's a lot of heat outside, it's going to transfer inside. The other thing about will you pay back, we get a lot of demand from people that are selling their homes because the first thing a, a buying or, or selling inspector will say is a per, poorly insulated attic has to be improved. So these are things that you can do at mm. any point that will have an impact to either your comfort or potentially when you go to sell or buy a home. Great point. Okay, we'll end there. Thanks a lot for your time today. Thanks for having us. I think we've all learned a lot from the uh, Energy Efficiency Panel here on 630 Chad. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.